I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a grand old fight. And have a look at the Melbourne Demons for season 2015, and also we'll have a bit of a primer for their 2016. Um, Heath and Brenton are here today. Um, I'm Heath. I don't know why I, th- I hate that talking in the third person. Yeah, me. Yeah, that's me. Well, yeah. that's why we never we 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 did make a pact to introduce ourselves, but we did just, it once. We did that away enough. pretty quick. But anyway, Josh then we, have, then we have to be accountable for what we say. Yeah, then yeah, that's right. If there's something stupid, then I can blame, blame it. On, blame Josh. You blame Josh because he's yeah, not here. He's not here. <laughs> um, so let's have a look at the demons. Uh, it's fair to say uh, a positive year for demons. So this is the uh, coming up into 2016 is the last year of Paul Ruse's reign. Yeah. Um, I'd say based on the fact that they went from second bottom in yeah. 2014 to 13th. And seven wins this year. Yep. I'd say it's been a good move. Yeah. And especially when you look at Paul Rue's um, effect on the club and this being recorded, what is it, 14th of March 2016. I think this preseason that we've just seen, because mm-hmm. we've got the hindsight of looking at the NAB Challenge games, yes. it seems like this is where they're really showing the strategy <clears throat> that Paul Rue's has implemented. And with the, with the club where it was, it's taken a fair while to get to that point. I think uh, not only has it been a good appointment because you got. Uh, a highly respected coach who's got um, great discipline and systems in there. But he said, you know, it's going to be two years with an option for a third and then that's it. I'm done. So there's zero speculation. It's not like he's coaching for his career or anything like that. And then they said, Simon Goodwin's going to take over afterwards. So there's no, they've just done away with it. Just let's not play that game. And I think with someone like Paul Roos coming across who has that respect and that resume, he avoids a lot of the scrutiny that you might get from a younger coach or an un, unproven coach. Yeah. And so they've sort of let him just do his thing. Even when there were a lot of doubters with the first year he was in there where it really wasn't good at all. I think now in this preseason, we've really seen that he's made a lot of right choices, especially with the drafting and where he's playing players and which players he isn't playing. Um, so let's go through 2015 for him then. Like we said, 13th they finished and seven wins. Yep. Um, pretty big improvement on uh, the previous season. Uh, yeah. So, where, where are their best wins for the year? Well, for me, I had the best win against, um, I think it would have been the most popular one, uh, Geelong, Geelong. Skill Stadium. Ten years um, since they've won down there. Yeah. Um, but also, this is the, the scene of the infamous 200-odd point yeah. thumping. The only reason I remember that is because I think Richmond have got second to Geelong oh, at the MCG. They? Yeah. <laughs> only because every every bloke in, like, back then... Geelong supporters are like Hawthorne supporters now, fucking everywhere. Yeah. And so I had that many uh, SMSs of the picture of the scoreboard from the Geelong game when they play Richmond. Well, that was the lasting image from this one as well because, uh, you know, there was all the off-field stuff going on that they're going to sack one of the, the chairmen. But yeah. after this game, they sacked the coach, uh, Dean Bailey, instead. Or was yep. it 
I'm pretty sure it was Dean Bailey. I don't think yeah, it was Mark so. Neild. Yeah. Um, so to then go down there and win and win comfortably. Yeah. Like uh, Geelong never looked in it. Yep. Um, even though you know that they did come back uh, late in the game, it was Melbourne's control all the way through it. It was, yeah. And really, it was Maxi Gorn. Yeah, and and the thing is, what they did is they did to Geelong what Geelong is due to other teams. Yep. So they dominated the ball, dominated the middle. Um, Reece Stanley was injured, I think, so sort of freed up Max Gorn to go around the ground, and that's where he inflicted most of his damage was actually around the ground, well, taking strong contested marks. He took some absolute screamers. Yeah. Um, something that... Uh, it, or he always looked likely to do it, but yeah. never put it together. And it all came together in one uh, game. Yeah. Now, remember, too, you're right. Stanley wasn't playing, but um, Blissarves was. Yep. And he's the Geelong best and fairest yeah. for that year. He had a standout year. So. He did. Gorney um, showed him up. Yeah. And Gorney made him have to be accountable around the ground and really showed the holes in uh, Blitzarves' game. And Blitzarves was his standout year as well. So yeah. you still expect uh, a few, you know, lulls in, in his season. So... Now, this is one of them. The problem with this, though, is it means that uh, this isn't an aberra- uh, aberration. aberration aberration, for Maxi anymore. This yeah. is the standard now. Yeah, yeah. So he can't pop up for this type of game one or twice. Yeah. This has to be his his go-to. Yeah, and, and that whole center structure for Melbourne just clicked that day because you yeah. had uh, Vince Jones Bernie and Vince Viney. Killing it. Who just dis- destroyed yeah. them. And Melbourne's been that place where... For the last couple of years, a player who might not have definitely had the talent, but didn't really get the exposure they needed to, to flourish, have gone to Melbourne and really just stepped it up. And especially when you look at Bernie Vince, yep. um, who's came across and not only could he play a role in tying down uh, an effective opposition, like but, uh, that famous day when he's tagging Dangerfield. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What an awesome sight that yeah, was. Beautiful game. And then he goes here and he. Be- yeah, he's able to get free, uh, clear, and get clean possessions and really do a lot of damage. He's had uh, 38 touches on the day, so that's not a bad effort 24 kicks. I think uh, he hurt his ankle just by the amount of kicks that he had. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of other big wins from him. Yeah. Um, being round four against the Tigers. Yeah. Um, which you'd be happy to hear about. Yeah, um, I did consider that one. That, my, that got into my honourable mentions. <laughs> well, I mean, they kept him to one goal. In yeah. the second half. Yeah. Um, so that says a lot. And they've had the wood over the Tigers a bit. They have. Yeah, they have for a fair few years. And because the worst thing is, is that when Tigers weren't pushing, or when they were ninth best best possible scenario, Melbourne was one that you pencil in as a definite win. Yeah. So they get a big crowd there, which sort of made it worse because Melbourne would win and then Richmond would just cop it walking off the field. <laughs> well, especially, I remember the, the game after Tommy Hafey died too. Yeah, and yeah. They rocked up and played shit. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, they did kick, well, they kicked six goals, 15. Yep. And Jack, uh, that's Tigers. And Jack Rewalk uh, had a big duck egg. Yeah. Kicked four points. Um, but the, like I said, the, the Demons, it wasn't the best of weather, but they're yeah. the ones that just um, re- really stuck in. Yep. I'm pretty sure we were going to go to that game. And then we looked at the weather and we're like, eh, actually, fuck, fuck this, that. man. I'm not going out and watching Richmond versus Melbourne. <laughs> Especially when I thought Melbourne might actually get over the top, <laughs> just based on the wood. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a feeling that that does ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other one was, uh, I think it was round eight against the Bulldogs. It was round eight, yeah. 39 points, I think they're not running out. That was my other honourable mention, uh, both the Bulldogs and the Tigers. Um, yeah, I had Geelong up there just for the uh, historical yeah, factor absolutely. that took a fair while. And anyone winning out of the school stadium is always tough. So no one would have been expecting Melbourne to win and win the way they did by tying down Geelong's midfield. Uh, just And the, the thing in um, the similar thing with these three games. Uh, was that Melbourne ran away in the fourth. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I think if we went through, it's about 
15 goals to three cumulative in those three games in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which says a lot, especially for a side that is mostly young, yep. that they can run out the games like that. You know, they've got all their big recruits, and we haven't seen some of them yet Yeah, um, in their the big draft picks. But um, you've, you've still got to get weathered seasons into those bodies. And, yeah. Um, so the other thing to have a look there is they're the three big wins we've picked. It's round four, round eight, round 12. They're all in the first half of the season where yep. they're able to do that. Yeah. Now if you go to the other side, they're big losses. Yeah. Uh, what are their worst losses for the year? Now, the one I've got is in the back half of the year, which is round 20, their return match against the Bulldogs. Yeah, that was a shocker. Um, especially after they've... Um, beaten them early in the year in a great yep. win. Um, admittedly, nobody knew how good the Bulldogs were at that stage. And yeah. The Bulldogs had clicked. Still, you're not 100 points worse exactly. than the Bulldogs. Like they're your yardstick if you're Melbourne coming up. Yep. And it's it's one of the tests that you set out for yourself that you've failed by a landslide. And even to the point where at that stage, well, what round was it? 20, yeah. Round 20. Your members have stopped rocking up. So, Well, I'll tell you what, if they stopped rocking up after the Bulldogs had kicked 12 goals to none, yeah. then they're going home. Going home early. Yeah. You know, the, the slopes start to look good after that. Yeah. And especially where you think that the Bulldogs are a team they sort of match up a bit bit better against because you've got young talent that has the same pros and cons to it where it's tough to run out a full game. Yeah. So if you can show a bit of heart and play a bit smarter, they should be a team that you're competitive against. Well, they're not that far away from the same development cycle, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yep. The Bulldogs didn't hit. Uh, rock bottom as much as what Melbourne did. Yeah. And obviously they're a little bit ahead, but... Yeah. Um, but, but only from this season, though. And we're looking yeah. in retrospect as well. Of course we are. It's a lot easier to say that way. But still, a 98-point loss to yeah. uh, a team that ended up finishing sixth, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a little disappointing. Uh, the good thing is, I mean, they only kicked eight goals, but Jesse had three of them. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's not a bad effort. He copped a fair whack in the media over the weekend, this week, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it was the the nab nab challenge game against. Did oh, play St Kilda? Was it? I think so. Yeah, I think it was St Kilda. But anyway, having to go. I saw David Schwartz said it's uh, his kicking action was disgraceful. Yeah. Bit early guns on that yeah, one. I, reckon. I mean, okay, he had a shocker on the weekend, but yeah. still kicked forty odd goals last year. Yeah, he's playing nab challenge, and he's what twenty years old. Yeah, he went out pissing up all, all off season. So <laughs> he's he's just completed his first season. In fact, he could still be drunk. Must be honest. <laughs> he's kicked forty goals in his first season. Yeah. So and and he's shown a bit of balls when he's on the field as well. So he's someone yeah. that you wouldn't really want to be slandering at the start of the season. You want to be pumping him up. He's not John Butcher. So yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. Like, if he carries this over into the regular season, like what what you should do is he's kicked forty odd. I think I heard on the radio forty four nineteen he kicked last year. Damn. Could be right, could be wrong, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then he's had a bad game in the NAB Challenge. Yeah. What you should be saying is don't worry about. You should be saying, man, I'm so glad he got that one out of his system yeah, in NAB Challenge. That's it. He's ready to hit round one running and uh, really step it up. It's obvious that's not his uh, his usual. He's yeah. done a lot better during the year. Yeah. But anyway, um, if he starts, if he's still kicking like that after round three, okay, we've got an issue. Yeah. And it's funny uh, looking at the old timers giving the current players a bit of shit because you look at the NBA and you had uh, LeBron standing up for Steph Curry because yep. all the old school players like, he wouldn't be able to do that in our time. We'd beat him up and <laughs> yeah. beat him no, up from halfway. No hand checking. Yeah. yeah. Shooting teams can't win. Yeah. Well, they can when they hit it from halfway 50% of the time. Exactly. And I mean, it's given lots of the Harlem Globetrotters a bit of faith in getting into the NBA too. <laughs> I guess if he starts doing uh, reverse hook shots yeah. <laughs> from the opposite free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. This is what you old fellas did from two feet from the hoop. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, uh, the other bad loss was uh, 105 points to Hawthorne. Um, yeah. Now, you're not going to expect him to beat Hawthorne, but yep. you would have thought the 100-point drubbings were out of the system. Yeah, and you'd want to see at least a couple of positives out of the match. I don't, I don't know what there was. Yeah, there weren't, weren't many, I don't think. Um, Pedersen kicked a couple of goals. Um, yeah, yeah, but even that, you need some consistency, don't you? Yeah. Uh, this is the first 100-point loss in uh, Paul Roo's uh, career. Really? Coaching career, that is. Um, uh, he played for Fitzroy, so he's used to 100-point yeah, losses. Yeah, playing, yeah. He's seen yeah. a few. Uh, I suppose coaching in Sydney, I mean, you're lucky to get 100 points between both teams. Exactly. Most of the time. Um, so, I mean, that was disappointing. And also, if you have a look at the stats, they didn't win anything. Um, free kicks were 14 each, and that was as close as they got to winning a stat. Jesus, you usually get a few, you know, well, make-up calls or I mean, feel sorry for you to so have yeah. a kick, son. <laughs> um, it, there is one thing when it's a 100-point loss, but when they've got, I don't know, best part of 80-odd more disposals yep. and 10 more tackles. Yeah, and just look at the hit-outs, 59 to 29. Yeah, well, we know how dominant the Hawthorne Ruck division is. With, yeah. <laughs> uh, David Hale. And I think, uh, was McAvoy playing that one or was it no, Segler? Segler played that one. Segler played that one, yeah. There you go. Segler dominated yeah. the hitouts. Um, the other game I had down there as the worst loss was actually round two against GWS, mainly because of how they lost. Um, they led, was it, I think it was 7-3 to 2-6 at half time, yep. and GWS kicked 13 goals in a row oh, yeah. to one goal in the last half. One, yeah, that's that's a little bit of a fade out. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Sh- Shane Mumford was the one that he stood out and really just dominated around the ground. And they've they've shown that when they can give their midfield first use, they can take it to Geelong, well, take Mumf- it to the top teams. Mumford is, if you excuse the pun, an absolute giant. Yeah, uh, and yeah. He was dominating um, at, at that stage of the year. Um, and Maxi Gorn hadn't come up yet. Yeah. Um, Cam McCarthy turned into a superstar, um, yeah. which we didn't know uh, yep. at, at the time. Yeah. So the, the GWS were really flying then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was very disappointing from Melbourne. And you could just imagine their supporters too would be yeah. just... Oh, You'd pencil this one in at the start. Well, yeah. And especially where, where Melbourne were playing, uh, were sitting at that time. If they win this game, they could have been 3-1 and one after four games, coming over a big win over Richmond. Uh, afterwards, yeah. Yeah, and, and have a bit of momentum going into a, a pretty tough couple of games, I think, after that. Uh, I think that was before that. Uh, they played... Um, who was it? After GWS, they played Richmond, and then they had Frio, Sydney, and Hawks, which is always so, a tough run in a row. Tough run, yeah. So if they could have been 3-1 and one going into that leg, get that over and done with, you're not sitting too bad being Melbourne. Yeah. So I think that was a really let down, especially a team who's kind of young. Um, you need that confidence and that morale to hit the train track and come back out and have that bit of belief. Yeah, and you pointed it out. Like you said, five goal, five goals up at half time yeah. and to lose by 10. Yeah. It's very, very disappointing. I mean, um, you'd almost look at the betting plungers and see if there was something dodgy <laughs> going on. Dodgy at Melbourne? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... They're the best and worst losses. So the next thing we always do is look at the standouts. Uh, and the obvious one is Jesse Hogan, of course. We've yeah. already spoken a fair bit about. Uh, it, it is good to see somebody besides a midfielder get uh, an award. Yeah. Like uh, the, I was going to say Norwich Rising Star, but it's NAB Rising Star. It's NAB Rising Star, is it? Yeah, it used go. to be Norwich yeah. back in the day. There you go. Now we're, now we're what old. What is Norwich? What the fuck uh, do they do? Investments, banking, oh, insurance. Well, oh, perfect for Melbourne. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, it's probably bought out by the NAB. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, it was great to see him get it. Um, there's not many first-year players, even though he's second year on the list, but I think they took him as a 17-year-old. Yeah. So, uh, for him to bag 40 goals for the year, 
Um, and especially the game against Richmond, we yeah. should have mentioned, was when he took Rance apart. Yeah, he did. And Rance, did Rance end up as All-Australian fullback? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he pretty did sure this did, year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, like I said, so he's no mug, and he was able to get one out with him quite often. Yeah. Which says a lot for the midfielders who were able to you know, yep. move the ball quickly and directly. Yeah. And made Rance look second rate. Yeah. And and he showed a lot of... Uh, he wasn't afraid like a yep. lot of, like <coughs> Jack Watts. No gun shy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It was pretty good on the lip too. So, gave a few Apparently stingers out there. Which um, you always like to see from young fellas. Was, was he the one that gave the... Oh, geez, I've got to think. Was it against the Bulldogs? Was it Jesse? Yes, Jesse yes, Hogan? it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for those that don't know, I think when he was lined up for goal, this must have been the first one where they won. Yeah, uh, in round eight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Bob Murphy said, uh, "Come on, mate, you're the great white hope for this club." Mm. And uh, Jesse's put it through, and he's gone. There's your great white hope. Pointed to the bench where Tom Boyd was sitting. Yep. <laughs> and the, love the, it. Yeah, it was the best thing where, when they say that because it's true. Yeah, hundred percent stings. And uh, that type of lip. In a first, second year player, yep. that reminds you of Tex Walker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's the kind of stuff that he did when he was a yep. junior and still does it now. Yeah, I'm sure he would do it now. He's just probably a bit more responsible off the field. More careful <laughs> yeah. with uh, how and when he says it. Yeah, but Leopard doesn't change their stripes. So I love to see that from youngsters, especially if it's funny. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jesse's just got to make sure that it's uh, he's not a one-hit wonder. He's yeah. going to back it up this year, but I'm sure he will. He'll yeah. get uh, plenty of opportunity. That's it. There's nothing to suggest that he's not going to continue that form and grow and develop. And it's not like he was given the second or third defender, because like yeah. we said, they sent Rance to him. Yeah. Um, and after that was early in the year. Yep. After that, everybody went, right, we know what he can do. We need yeah. to snuff this out. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid to push up the field a bit too, yep. uh, get his own ball. He's got uh, good legs. Yeah, got a good brain for footy as well. So, And the best thing about that is that the rest of the team is starting to develop as well. So you don't have one person who has a little bit of a standout year and then they just get shut down because yep. there's no one else to take the heat off them. Uh, the other big standout for the year was Bernie Vince. Like yeah. I said, he played yeah. uh, negating roles and would have been in you know, the, the best players for that. Yeah. And then, like against Geelong, he's gone out and got nearly 40 touches. Yeah. So he can he runs both ways. And did he ask to get traded out back to Melbourne? I can't remember exactly. I'm not sure. Rings well, a bell. For left some reason, Adelaide, obviously. For some reason, I want to say that he asked to get traded out because he's from Victoria, yeah? I'm pretty Believe. sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with that. What the great thing about it was, though, Melbourne was sort of playing a bit of a lone hand the previous year. We had Nat Jones, uh, who was running yeah. things and being yep. the the seasoned player for a group of yeah. kids. He was a walk in on any club. Yeah, he was, but he was also playing a lone hand yep. a little bit. Now Bernie Vince is there to take a little bit of the heat off. Yeah, in more ways than one. Uh, yeah. he's there to wear the responsibility and the leadership side of things, but also if Nat Jones is getting beaten up yep. um, by you know the other taggers or whatever you got old Bernie Vince you yeah. can give it back or run the other way and make them think about somebody else yeah definitely and Viney showed a bit of consistency as well which they need they need players to always have to force the opposition to be accountable because that way you damage them if they choose a tag on your players which I mean for Melbourne it wasn't traditionally a problem that they would yeah. have had so now you're forcing them to, to cover one player which opens up opportunities for the rest of your players to step up and make a strategy without your main player in there. Any hype around Viney is 100% deserved. Yeah. When he is on, he's that damn good. Yep. He's, like we said, he's still young and small, though, so he's going to miss games through injury until yep. he gets a, an AFL frame around him. Yeah, um, and, and the thing is, they've, they've um, sat on Petraka. I think he had some injuries, and he was a 17-year-old, knee, 17-year-old um, second pick, I think, for yeah. 2014. Number two pick last and year, so he hasn't played a game yet. Yeah, so they did the right thing, especially after Jack Watts putting him 
you know, right to the fire. Yeah. Um, he's been sitting pretty, developing, needs to fill out a bit. And so if he's fit to go, I think he's a 50-50 for round one. But if he can really step up, then the Demons look really good around their midfield. And that's what you need to start uh, filling out your team. Well, they got GWS at the MCG in round one. So that'll be interesting for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at it. got Essendon round two as well. And two young teams going at it with the... You'd have to say Melbourne would be pencing that in as one that they'd want to have an emphatic win with. They should be looking for a big one there. Yeah. Um, the other standout we've mentioned was Maxi Gorn. I've put him down as a standout, even yep. though it wasn't a full season standout for no, him. No, no. Um, but the Geelong game was his uh, coming out party. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't as good as that for the rest of the year. But, I mean, that was yeah. his peak. But he he didn't drop away and disappear like he... Yeah. Like he had, you know, some previous years. Yeah, and he didn't do much before that. I don't know if he played every game before that. I think he was out. For not a, every game. Yeah, he was definitely out for a few not games. every game. So to step up in that time against Geelong uh, was, yeah, like you said, really gave them an extra option, and you just saw what they were capable of when the midfielders get first first use of the ball. And like you said, that's got to be his standard from now on. Yeah, not his. Uh, uh, just his peak in a trough. Yeah, and the midfielders should be demanding that because yeah. they know what they can do when, when that happens. And when you've got Jesse Hogan one-on-one in the forward line, you've seen what he can do. Especially they've lost Jamar now, so yeah. they haven't got uh, more backup for him. Yep. Or not uh, any season backup for him, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on, though. That's 2015. That's done. It's in the books. It's gone. Uh, so 2016, uh, you'd say there's a fair amount of opti- optimism for Melbourne, yep. which they haven't had for, well, since they signed Paul Roos, really? Yeah, yep. Um, so let's have a look at their list changes. They got uh, two and a half ins uh, <laughs> of note. Yep. Uh, Thomas Bug, who took an absolute screamer on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, over Maxi Gorn. Yeah. Uh, ben Kennedy from uh, Collingwood. Yep. And Jakey Milksham, who uh, won't be playing this year. Yeah, yeah. But um, them's the breaks. Well, because it's funny, when I was looking at, through the list to decide, you know, big years and who's in the top of the block, yeah. I was looking at Melksham and I was like, hang on, has he played a season for him yet? No. <laughs> I had to go research it. Oh, no, that's right. He's having another little sit, sit on the bench. I think he was a free agent. Yeah, so he, he probably still makes trouble block, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting to see how those players go yeah. the year out. Anyway, I, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get to them. So they're the ins, the outs. They've lost uh, Daniel Cross to retirement. I yep. mean, they only had Daniel for one or two years. I'm not yeah. sure which one. The Karras uh, and the Bulldogs from the it? Bulldogs. Yeah, he, he was a club champion at uh, the Bulldogs, yeah. but uh, earned his place at Melbourne. Yep. He wasn't just there for a one season retirement. Yeah, he he did well. Uh, Jack Fitzpatrick, who Hawthorne needed a ruckman more than Melbourne did apparently, but yeah. he's a he's a weird one. He had that great tunnel ball rush behind. Um, last year, which is, I think made on. I think it made every blooper real. It's it was exactly as it sounds, just a big massive hike, oh. <laughs> like a like a gridiron center center snap through the rush behind, and he got done for deliberate, really uh, deliberate or a throw, it doesn't matter. Yeah, either one. I think I think the umpire just said uh, that's a free it's kick. Something it's a free yeah. kick for something. We'll make it up later. <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Uh, it's a multi-choice question with no wrong answers. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, like we said, uh, Mark Jamar, uh, yeah. who ended up being a top-up player for Essendon now. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, a little bit bittersweet, I think, for yeah, Melbourne it is. Well, you, they, they love the big Russian. Yeah. Plus, you'd like to have a backup for Gorn, because he showed what he can do around the field as well. So if, if he's being effective, you know, somewhere, especially... If you get him across half back, take marks and stop yeah. uh, a running team. I think his yeah. mobility was always oh, mobility and injuries yeah. hurt him. That's why Melbourne sort of let him go. Yeah, um, but it is funny that 
like we said, um, Fitzpatrick and Jamar, so probably their number one and number three ruckman from last year. Yep. They're putting a lot of faith in uh, Maxi Gorn. Yeah. And I mean, it's not unwarranted. No. He's done enough to show that he can probably hold down that or hold down that position against the other top ruckman yep. in, the, in the comp. Uh, Jimmy Tumpus, who's headed over to Port Adelaide. Yep. Uh, I didn't mind Tumpus, to be honest. Yeah, um, he wasn't too bad. But he... I think that they've got a lot of players in that same age bracket who are yeah. really showing some signs of being super. Yeah. Um, I think if he's he's left now, they've got some currency for him. Yeah. Whereas if he was still petering in one to two years, yep. you're going to get nothing. He's get cut, yeah. Yeah, he's just going to get the He does fill a hole that Port Adelaide need. Um, someone that's solid but not going to be sort of the top tier. Yeah. He's going to be sitting second tier. He's um, 20th to 25th best player on, yeah. the, on the list. Yeah. Yeah, um, but thing. still have to be accounted for him because he can do a, a few good things. And one more that hurts that they've lost is Jeremy Howe um, yeah. across to Collingwood. Yeah. Um, I think that it is really disappointing, not just for the screamers, yeah. um, but he is such a, a threat across halfback that yep. when yeah. teams get in trouble in the midfield, they'll just bomb it forward. Yeah. But when they know Jeremy Howe's there, they're like, well, he's going to mark it, so I have to go somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. Um, so as much as he's a deterrent um, as much as he is a weapon when he gets the ball. Yeah. How, how old is he? He's still young. Still uh, pretty young, yeah. 20, I, I don't know if he's 24. Yeah, around there. Around, around that mark. So, so he's got years left. Yeah, and it's really hard to find those key half-backmen these days who can really um, help transition from uh, well, a defense into attack. Yeah, marking backmen as opposed yeah. to shut down or, or spoiling backmen. Yeah. There's only the, the few that we always go on about with... Um, like Eastern Wood. Yeah, Eastern Wood, Maston and... Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, Brian Lake sort of made it, yeah. made that role yep. um, when he was more at the Bulldogs and a little bit at the Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah. So he's someone that you'd like to have because it's tough to find the um, best of the best in that position. There's it, not as many who whose name are in the hat. It's funny with Jeremy Howe, though, because obviously he, the Screamers is the thing he's known for most. Yeah. I reckon he's only got one mark of the year out of, let's say, four years. But yeah. I reckon every year, if they did the top 10 marks, he'd have seven of them. Yeah, a few of them, yeah. 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 <laughs> but he just never had the number one. Yeah. He'd have two, three, six, and, you know, yeah. and whatever. But just never that one. Because they're like, oh, fucking Nick Nat. What the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. He's six foot nine. It's not fucking fair. Yeah. And a lot of, like, how you become desensitized to, to yeah. how high he can jump. You're like, oh, how? Here he goes. Here he goes. Yeah, that's another one, how? Like, well, okay. the game. Like on the weekend, when Thomas Bugs with that grab, it's like, that's a fucking screen. Yeah. Look at that. It's beauty. Yeah. If that was Jeremy Howe, you're like, yeah, yeah. Five. <laughs> yep. five out of ten. Yep. He set himself a standard. But anyway, he's going to be doing it in black and white. So, uh, yeah, hope he breaks an ankle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the other way you get players in is through the draft. We've got the, the draft picks for Melbourne. So they had two picks inside the top ten, which is yep. great to see. And, uh, Clayton Oliver and Sam Wiedemann. Um, yeah. Their other two picks were uh, Mitch King and Liam Hewlett. So I'm not going to pretend I know anything about them, but they are all from the TAC. So they're all Victorians. Yeah. So they've kept it uh, in-house. Yep. There's no go-home factors for them. Yeah. That can fuck right off. And Wiedemann was up there as a contender for number one pick as well. I think, yeah, in a lot of those lists, um, yeah. people had him uh, going higher the ninth. Yeah. So I imagine they were happy when uh, he was still available yeah. for them. And I still remember uh, listening or watching the videos. I think it was on the AFL YouTube channel where yeah. they had the draftees. The, the Vox Pops. Yeah, yeah. Talking about who they think is going yep. to go first or who's the funniest and all sorts of different things yeah. about that current draft year. And his name was regularly mentioned. Um, very close to, what's the uh, Carlton fellow's name? Uh, uh, Wheatman. Yeah, Wheatman. Uh, not Wheatman. I've just gone, gone absolutely gone blank. blank. Yeah, anyway. Starts with W, so 
maybe. <laughs> weedering. That's weedering. it. Weedering. I knew uh. it. I knew it. Um, and to be honest, going on um, NAB Challenge form, yep. he, he's earned that number yeah, one. Yeah, hasn't he? Jeez, he looks he solid. Looks slick. Uh, Real slick. Just reads the ball so good. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Carlton have actually made a good pick there. Um, he looked great in someone else's Guernsey in <laughs> a couple year. of years' time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you win a uh, all Australian Guernsey as soon as he gets out of Carlton. Yeah, that's, that's just what players do. Uh, so let's have a look at their draw for 2016. Yeah, um, this is a good and a bad news draw. Yeah, the good news is they only double up against one team that played finals last year. Yep. The bad news is that's Hawthorne. Yeah, and the other teams are all teams that are going to improve. Yeah. Um, so their double ups are Hawthorne, Port, Collingwood, St Kilda, and Gold Coast. It's not too bad because they're ones that you want to test yourself against. Well, especially St Kilda, and we spoke about this when we did the St Kilda primer. Is they've got two games against Melbourne, uh, yep. two games for Melbourne and St Kilda, yeah. where they're both around the same mark yep. on the same trajectory, done the same rebuild. So that'll be a great um, measuring stick for both of them. Yeah. If either team wins both those games. Yep. Then you can say, right, we they're really on the right track. And the other one's got to got to rethink yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. But that's if, true. if they split it one and one, then you just, I guess, you're building a rivalry. You can go on for the next week. Yeah, next year. Yeah, and I've picked the the key game is uh, round three against the Kangaroos in Blunston Arena. I think it's their first out of Melbourne game, but it's uh, it's a home game for North North, but it's still not a home game if that makes sense. Yeah, down in Tassie. You're on a Tassie, and so. I think that's a test to see how you can go away from home against a team that's not actually playing at home. And also... Um, fucking awful conditions down there. Yeah. But you expect them to win the first two games against Jeter West and Essendon at the MCG. Well, actually, the Essendon game is one I've put in as a key game because yeah. they need to thump Essendon. Yeah. So I think they'd like to be 3-0 leading to winnable but challenging games. And the other good thing about them is they don't play a top four team until, I think, round 11, which is the Hawks. So it could set the Ds up for um, a real surge towards finals, possibly. Yeah. Get a bit of hype going. Because they're, they're there or thereabouts for teams um, 9 to 14. So they're, they're the ones you need to win to push for that eighth spot. It's interesting they play Collingwood twice by round 12. Really? And traditionally, like Damn. when I say traditionally, the last couple of years, Collingwood have always fell away towards the end of the year. Yep. So you'd yep. rather be playing them twice in the back half than in the yeah. first half. Especially with the injuries that they've accumulated throughout a season. Yeah. And it just seems to be they keep doing it. Yep. Um, but also, I've put down their key games are going to be the last four of the year. They've got a rough run home. Yeah. Uh, they have said that their goal for the final year of Paul Roos is to make finals. Yep. So the only way they can do that is finishing eighth. It's as yeah. far as I can see. Yeah. In the last four uh, weeks, they got Hawthorne, uh, Port in Adelaide, yep. uh, Carlton, which they should use as a percentage booster, yeah. and then they go down to Geelong again. Yeah. So that's really, round 23 is going to be a massive day for them. Yeah. Because it'll finish off their season, but also, like I expect Geelong to make finals. I've actually picked them in the top four. Yeah. They're going back to Skill Stadium where they won last year. Yeah. You, you've got to... You've got to open some wounds yeah. with Geelong. You've got to let them know. And especially with Geelong playing down there, they beat them uh, last year, and that's what we picked as yeah. our, our best win. Um, and they beat them around the ball. Yep. But Geelong have got Zach Smith in there now, and obviously that Dangerfield fella. So yeah, I haven't heard of him. Yeah, if, if you can put it to them with those two inclusions again, 
well, then it, you probably deserve to play finals. It'd be very interesting because Bernie Vinch tagged Dangerfield brilliantly. Yeah, that's right. At, at Adelaide. Yeah. So I hope he goes for it again. But yeah. then you, uh, where's Selwood? Yeah. The other thing is it, if if Cats are you know sitting on eighteen, nineteen wins or whatever. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Whereas Melbourne might be sitting on eleven or ten. Yep. Um, they need this one. Yeah. Just so. hit Dangerfield up for a bit of a favour. Tell them to pull a sickie yeah. that day. <laughs> well, they're good mates, apparently. Yeah. They had, remember, they had Instagram photos yeah. after the game yeah. and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So they're going to be, um, yeah, big games for them. Like I said, especially if Port um, switch on. Yeah. Because they were a massive disappointment last year. So yeah. if they switch on late in the year, um, playing at Adelaide Oval, yep. what is it, Saturday night, it, it could it's be a tough. big occasion. It's tough, yeah. And it's a tough matchup for Melbourne as well because. Port Adelaide's strengths are Melbourne's strengths, except Port Adelaide do it a bit better. Well, Melbourne have played well against them um, without yeah. getting over the line. Like, yeah. I remember last year they played them in either Darwin or Alice Springs. I can't remember which one. Yeah, uh, Probably Alice Springs. Um, and, and they took it up to them and had the better of them, but just lacked the polish. And that's yep. how Port got over the line. Yep. So they kind of do match evenly. But yeah. it's, like we said, last year Port was shit. So yep. uh, much more than everyone thought they were going to be. And I mean, the worst thing you can do is probably slam Chad Wingard against a point post because he comes out and starts kicking goals after that. So. <laughs> he, he was unlucky, that's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, big years. Who's going to have a big year for the Demons this year? Well, I haven't, I haven't got who's going to have one, but I, I've got who needs to have one. And I think they've, they've got a solid structure around their midfield and you've got players who are going to be solid like Viney and yep. Vincent and those fellas. But you, to fill out that real running game that it looks like they're trying to play, I think you need Jai Kennedy-Harris to really step up because I think he was uh, played a few games in his rookie year and showed a lot of talent, but it was just too small. And he yeah, got pushed off the ball tiny, and lad. couldn't run out a season. So, And especially with they had the sub rule and... They were saying he came on a sub, I think it was like nine times or something like that. Right. So there's no sub rule. There's no sub rule this no, year. No yeah. sub rule. So no sub rule. He's either in or he's out. Yep. So there's no excuse not to be able to run out a full game. You have to. He's so dangerous around goals too. Yeah. Um, that they need someone like that, especially they've got a big marking forward. Yep. Uh, to have uh, someone running around his feet like that. Yeah. And uh, if you can get consistency out of him and, and Garlett especially. Yeah. Well, I had Jeffy Garlett down. Um, <laughs> this is his second year at Melbourne, I think. And yeah, kick, kicked some nice goals last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a good running place too. Exactly. Um, but it's the coming out of Carlton Curse yep. where you actually play good. So yeah. it's his second year there as well. Yeah. Um, you went over Viney a little bit. I still reckon he, he needs that one big year to stamp himself as an yep. A-grade elite midfielder. Yeah. We've seen it. He, we know he has it. He yep. just needs to string 20 games together. Yeah. All, just keep him on the field. Yeah. And you'll see him going probably a lot more head-to-head matchups with top-quality players as well when they try and... I think they've got a... This year especially, they'll stop trying to sort of be on the back foot when you're looking at strategy uh, against stars and opposite teams. You look at taking them on head-on, especially for midfield one-on-ones. And you need Viney to really stand up and be consistent and back himself to do those ones. And that's why you need people like Jai Kennedy-Harris. The acquisition of Tom Bug. Would be a, a big one. So yeah, he's look. He's um, really matured physically over yeah. the summer. And so you look at him as being one who can come into Melbourne and really make the most of the opportunity, like uh, Bernie Vince did. Yep. So if he can do that, then you really do a, a lot in 
making another team have to match up one-on-one against your stars and really have to consider that as opposed to you back this is a game guys. plan that puts them on the back foot. Yeah. Back your guys to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've mentioned Maxi Gorn. He needs a big year and he yep. needs a consistent year because like we said, his, his backup's gone. Yeah. So he's going to be playing a bit of a lone hand in that respect. But if yeah. he's good enough to do it, he can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's such a hard position now too because there's a lot of elite ruckmen running around. You yeah. Know, like Sanderlands and uh, yep. Goldstein, Steph yeah. Martin. Former Melbourne player, yeah, uh, Nick Nat, yeah, Mumford, yeah, and you've got Ruckman um, proving their utility not just in the ruck but yeah. being around the grounds. And so it wasn't just the straight up. If you're tall like Santa Lands and yeah. you can get first use of the ball, then you're the best Ruckman going around. You can sort of almost forfeit a ruck by making them have to chase you around the ground yeah. and tire them out, which makes them not be able to jump higher for the rest of the match. And that's where you start making your your inroads into that strategy. Well, that's why it's interesting uh, with the way they've set up their list because you look at Goldstein, who was the best ruckman last year. Yep. He plays 95% of the game, but his mobility around the ground is really good. Yeah. The only way you can beat Goldstein is to have two ruckmen running ragged. Yeah. You've got to keep him moving yep. all the time. Yeah. So I don't know who their backup is. Yeah. Know, if they've just gone for a, a smaller, you know what? Yep. You'll pinch it when we go down back. You'll pinch yep. it when we go up forward. And that's the important thing is that for Max Gorn, you look at him to take those Ruckman one-on-one and neutralize that threat because it's really hard. You don't have many many players who have the size or the capability of owning that one-on-one uh, Ruck contest, especially um, against... Uh, who are you just talking about? Uh like uh, Goldstein. Goldstein, yeah, yeah, who does a lot against uh, Norse's half-back line, intercepting marks yeah. going across there. But for the other team, obviously that's your half-forward line. Yeah. So if, if you're going to be sitting at half-forward, you need to be able to pull him back down to his back line, yeah. so that, uh, his forward line, so that you stop doing that. And so, yeah, it's not just so much in the ruck now that ruckmen have to be effective. They have to be around the ground. And you found different strategies where you can exploit holes in the other ruckmen's abilities, like... Yeah. Nick Natanui, how do you match up against him in forward lines? Yeah. It's really hard for Ruckman to do that. So even though you might be able to um, box him out in throw-ins and things like that, but center bounces and him in the forward lines always going to be tough matchups. you just got to put a body on yeah. But you, you can't Ma- Max Gorn is one that's probably capable of doing something yeah, like that. He, he likes that uh, contact, which yeah. is how you've got to do um, Nick Nat. You, yeah. you can't give him two steps because two steps yep. are gone. Yeah. He's yeah. going to jump over the top of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally. Yeah, he's got a car or whatever to go away for Mark of the Year for that, hasn't he? Yeah, I think they get fuck all for it now. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Not much. It used to be a car. Remember, it was always, you, you grab the car, but now I think it's a yeah. thousand bucks from Cadbury really? or some shit. So if we give them two thousand bucks, we can sponsor Mark of the Year. Well, we can tell them we're sponsoring it. There's nothing that they can stop us. You got two thousand bucks? <laughs> I, I, also, I want to sponsor, we've got to try and sponsor the tosser. I've tried. I've written fucking letters. Yeah. But we could throw it around Reddit and say, if anyone, like if you know who's going in the toss, just tell them to get to us and we'll, we'll hook them up we with had a shirt or something. Benny the tosser and he, no, he's let me down. He's, us, he's dead to me. Yeah. Um, so the, if they're the big years um, from individuals, who's on the yep. chopping block? And that's, what do we do? Every year we say it. Yeah. He, um, He's coming out of contract at the end of this year. Really? Jack Watts. We should. He's already put off contract talks, which is probably sensible. Because yeah. if he's going to be of any value, he has to have a great year. Yeah. He's had flashes. Yeah. yeah. Just periods here and there. Yeah. But what you remember about him is he's, he's been exposed. Yeah. They didn't treat him right in his first year. Yeah, exactly. Which they'd done right to Petraka to keep him a bit under wool. Well, I mean, I mean, he had injuries. But, he had injuries, yeah. but it doesn't, doesn't matter too much. Yeah. Um, well, there is Watson. I think what Melbourne need most is consistency along their players because that way 
you know, you can have a game plan that you know is going to be followed through and it's easy for coaching staff to strategize against future teams. So look at um, Cam Peterson, who's been, what's his second year there now? Came from I think North, so. Who has showed really good good efforts across, uh, it's a halfback. Who's yeah, he this? kicks a few goals here and there. Goals, yeah. um, I'd like to see him be consistent. He was a star. Um, what have I got there? Jack Grimes, yeah. Debuted in 2008. Um, he got... Dropped off last year, though. Um, had a bit of inconsistency. Didn't play a few games. The former captain uh, yeah. as well. Uh, he, he was a decent player, but, I mean, injuries haven't been kind to him. Exactly. But he needs to establish himself in the top 22 week in, week out. Um, the the big uh, chopping blocks I've got is, well, Chris Dawes. Yep. Uh, because it's very easy to forget that he's on their list. That I did until you yeah, just mentioned Exactly. <laughs> um, I think he's injured, too, so he's going to miss the first, right. first few rounds. So he might struggle to get a game yeah. um, this year. Yep. In which case, you know, what are you doing? You're, yep. you're not there anymore. Yeah. And oh, I could be wrong, but he might be the only premiership player on the list uh, really? for, for, so, for Melbourne. Um, going just, to Collingwood, no, yeah. no, they got um, Hertie Lumumba, oh, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, and the other one is uh, Jax Trengrove, who yeah. set out all last year. Yeah. Um, was very nearly a Tiger. Yep. Until he failed the medical. And yeah. do you remember, did you see the photo he took of his uh, legs? No. He took a photo of both of his legs. He had calf and foot issues, I think. Right. And he showed the um, atrophy of his really? uh, injured calf. It was like literally 30%, 40% uh, smaller. Holy he shit. just can't do anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so you feel sorry for him because he's silky smooth skills. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, when they lost uh, Tom Scully to yep. GWS and then. Um, they put the captain uh, on Trengrove the next year, which was obviously yeah. the, the, one of the silliest things they could yep. have done. It is almost as bad as the way they butchered Jack Watts in his first year. Yeah, yeah. So having said that, that's what they did to Watts and Trengrove. Yep. They've done much better already by Hogan because they kept him yeah. They kept him out of the limelight for a whole season, let yep. him grow in the VFL. Yep. Um, Petraka, who has injuries, and Brayshaw, who they actually yeah. bled in last year. Showed that he's got some class, but they yep. didn't uh, didn't kill him for it. Yeah, but yeah, I've still got Trengrove. He's got to show that he can play AFL again because that's some horrible injuries and a lot of time out. Yeah, you know, it's going to take you time to get back into the game, especially when you've got guys like Viney who's now cementing his spot. Yeah, um, Patrak is going to try and take that spot. Brayshaw's um, just about there as well. Yeah, and when, when you're in that sort of rung of players, you're almost in, in danger of if you have a half decent year, you almost become trade bait to yeah. trade someone in who fills well, a hole. Well, they they did trade him. They yeah. traded him to Richmond. That's right. Just yeah, couldn't get it, got it over. <laughs> Thank God. So, for that. Um, if he doesn't get on the field this year, then he's not trade bait. He's yeah. delisted he's free bait. agent. <laughs> just yeah. chuck him out to sea. He's just chum. <laughs> he's chum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's a shame because there's a number one and a number two pick from yep. the same draft that they've just flushed away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a mistake that you you won't make again, neither will any other club, because you made it for them. <laughs> yeah, well, they can't anymore. There's no more expansion sides, thankfully. Yeah, yep. Um, so there we have their years. Um, where have you got them finishing then uh, for 2016? But before you go, Josh isn't here, but I've got his pick. He's picked him to finish Stone Motherless. Really? He's picked him to finish 18th. Holy shit. I cannot see that happening. There's yeah. no way Carlton can win a game this year. Well, I got him finishing 16th, and I felt terrible about that when I looked <laughs> at it after all the research. Because so I think they're a much better team than that. So I've got him on well, paper as 16th. You got him 16th, but that was... I think you put that before Essendon yeah, had yeah. their um, yeah. put issues. Yeah, at the start. That was like 
around Christmas time. We picked these so ones, I think. So. That's obviously a double um, benefit for Melbourne because one, it means Essendon's shit and we'll finish lower than them. Yeah. And two, it means they don't have the uh, embarrassment of having to bench Jakey Melksham yeah, after two yeah. weeks. So I'm, I'm thinking realistically probably from 12th to 14th. I've got them down as 14th, but I think they can go higher. Yeah. Like, yeah. but. Tenth is as far as I go. Yeah, yeah, and we've got the benefit of seeing a few NAB Challenge matches yeah. as well, and seeing how they've gone in the off season and looking pretty decent. So, uh, I think Paul Roos has been a great move for them. He's stabilised the club. He's given them um, consistency on and off the field. Yeah, they haven't had like we said at, at the top of the podcast that yeah. the, there's no speculation. The plan's all there. Yep. He's giving it up at the end of the year, and Simon Goodwin's taking over. Yeah, I think it's a good time for the team anyway for Paul Roos to leave as well. Yeah, so do I. So they can have a... They, they're not as defensive as Roos was with yep. the Swans, but they're still very defensive. Yeah. And also with a young team, you, you feel like constant students, you know what I mean? Yep. Whereas now we've got Paul Roos, who's so well-respected and knows his stuff, you can almost make it your team where you have more of a say in what's going on and you have more of that leadership role. Well, we well. don't don't really know what Simon Goodwin's going to be like yet, but yeah. he's a bloke that's been around the traps for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if he has to live with the stigma of knowing that he was their second choice. Yeah. Because. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We, everyone knows they threw the kitchen sink at Stewie Jew. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think a few teams have, but he's just hanging around Sydney waiting yeah. for that role. Yeah. And right, why, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so there we have. Uh, I've got him uh, 14th, 16th, and 18th, we've all said, but they could finish higher than that. Yeah, who knows? Uh, so yeah, so that'll be it. Um, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest updates. You can check out our website at Clicking Balls, and all the links to our social media stuff is actually in that a little banner at the top, uh, yep. top right-hand side. They're not just pretty pictures there. You click on them and they'll lead you to our other stuff. So. Yeah, like they say, like it, rate it, review it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. give a shit. Hold us accountable for our crap ladder predictions too. Yeah, tell us you hate us. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to be loved. <laughs> just tell me something. <laughs> give us attention. All right. Cheers, All right, guys. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.